The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Jamie's Log, Progressive, The Harrington's Backyard, Day 27, 3.33 a.m. 3.33, all those threes mean something, or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's Backyard for 27 days now, proving the Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 3.33. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. Playoffs are here. Welcome to Stacking the Box. And the Browns have some problems going on here. Congratulations to Cleveland. You're in the celebration. We all felt it, Matt Berteram. Uh, but now this is not the time you want to be dealing with COVID. And let's just get right into it. I know we got a ton to cover today. The playoffs are here. Uh, just ain't great for Cleveland, bottom line. No, uh, no head coach. You're missing assistant coaches. Joel Batonio, who is an excellent guard, is out for the game. Uh, but, I mean, the real loss here is Stefanski. He, he calls the offense. You know, it, I, I think it's a little bit less of a loss if he's one of those head coaches who doesn't really have a say in the play calling one way or the other. It's not great, but I think you can get away with it a little bit more. Now you have a situation where you have an interim head coach in there who is normally the special teams coach, who has no experience running the ship. How does that play into clock management, game management? Who now makes a decision if they go for it on fourth and one at the 50? There's a lot of things that go into that. Alex Van Pelt is the offensive coordinator. Alex Van Pelt hasn't called plays all year long. That is a huge deal. That offense is used to running a certain way. And I know Stefanski today in his presser said, well, we know how to run the game. I, I understand that, but your brain works differently than other people's. So it's right. going to have an impact. Right. It's You cannot clone Kevin Stefanski. And I think what you're teeing up here, which I completely agree with, there has been a certain composure, moxie, groundedness to the Browns that they have not had in the past. And Kevin Stefanski in his first year, I'm not going to you know say he's reason number one that they're in the playoffs and have ended their drought, but he's certainly very much in the mix here. So, I mean, maybe – his influence is uh, marinated enough throughout the team, but that's, it's just not where you want to be, period. But don't you agree that he, the guy deserves a ton of credit? I think he is the number one reason. For the yeah, playoffs. Well, fair enough. I absolutely do. I mean, they, they have not had a coach there for how long? I mean, they've gone through it all, man. Chizinski, Shermer, 
Cornell, Freddie, Freddie Kitchens. I think Rick Williams is an interim. Hugh Jackson. I mean, you name it. I mean, that team has gone through the effing ringer. All right. So I think Stefanski is absolutely the biggest reason. And I think if they were going to win this game, they're going to pull the upset. I think a lot of it was going to be on him. Now, does that mean they have absolutely no shot? No, but it's a big deal. Like to try to downplay it and say, well, it doesn't matter all that. But yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. It matters a lot. Um, I already went on record on Sunday saying I thought the Browns were going to get beat handily in this game. I really feel that way now. So would you give Cleveland less of a chance to win than Chicago? Are they your least likely team to win? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're head coach. And, and I, I but look, the Bears at least a couple of years ago were in the playoffs. Like, man, I just – I don't know. And, and I'll, some of it's just a gut feeling. Pittsburgh, Vegas does not agree with you at this point, by the way. I know uh, they don't. The, I know they don't. But so, and Pittsburgh, the, man, they just roll Cleveland every time they play. I just – and I get it. Brown, oh, they beat them last weekend. Yeah, that's nice. That, that, that's not the same team. I, 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 they never beat them when they saw them earlier in the year. The Steelers just crushed them. And I don't put a lot of stock in what you look like if you match up in the regular season, but – I do put a lot of stock into literally every time that you, these two teams get together and the Steelers are healthy, they just kill them. So I do put stock in that. All right, let's, let's move over to a team that's dealing with significant uh, play, key player injuries as well. We're, we're going to Buffalo, and you've got two of their top receivers on the injury report uh, yesterday, which is a total nightmare. you got Stephon Diggs on there. Uh, who's had a phenomenal year. Plus, their second-leading receiver, Cole Beasley, uh, injured his knee in the Week 16 game versus Buffalo. I mean, this is uh, uh, in, in Buffalo's Week 16 win, excuse me, against, against New England. I, I'm expecting both will play, and I'm expecting Buffalo to win. And Buffalo is the sexy pick everywhere right now. I mean, people are saying that they like Buffalo over Kansas City. I'm hearing it all day long, but this is also not a way you want to be running into the playoffs. Uh, you know, Beasley, 82 passes, nearly 1,000 yards, man. That's, this is, I mean, he might not be a household name, but this is a big-time guy for Buffalo. So, I am sure Diggs will play. He's dealing with an oblique. He's, he's limited in practice, or at least he was on Tuesday. Obliques, um, are, but, obliques can be real quirky, but okay, good, keep going. No, they can, but I'm sure he'll play in the game. Yeah. I don't know that. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. He's just going to play in the game. He's week to week. He hurt his knee. They won't say anything otherwise about it, which always raises a red flag for me. If teams think that the guy is legitimately fine, they'll they'll you know they may not come out and say that, but they'll say ah you know he just a little tweak he'll be all right you know we we feel good. Whenever a team says nothing, and then by the way goes out and signs Kenny Stills to the practice squad, like Kenny Stills has had an NFL career. That tells me that Buffalo is not overly thrilled about Cole Beasley's prognosis in the moment. Now, I'm reading a little bit between the lines, reading the tea leaves. I admit that. I don't have any inside information on it. But I do think you start looking at some of the different indicators and you start wondering, well, 
how hurt is Cole Beasley? And if he does play, can he actually play? Or is this one of these things where he's basically ineffective and he's just a decoy? I think he's a huge loss if he's not in the field for them. He's had a, he's had a very good year. They're number one in the league on third down. He's a huge reason why. He gets targeted all the time on third down in the slot. He takes attention away from Diggs. If they don't have him, I do think that that is a real issue. Like an issue like they could lose the game type of issue. So I I am going to keep an eye, a very close one on that. I mean, Beasley's a guy this year who, look, they throw the ball as much as anybody. And Beasley had... 107 targets in 15 games, 82 catches, 967 yards, 53 first downs. That's a lot of production you're not replacing otherwise. Of the teams that you think that could actually win the Super Bowl, Verderam. Yep. I mean, Buffalo is in there, right? You're not not discounting the Bills? Oh, oh God, no. No, I, I think the teams that can win the Super Bowl are Kansas City and Buffalo and the AFC. And I think Seattle and Green Bay can win it in the NFC. And I and I will throw New Orleans in the mix. I I am hesitant with them because I just think Breeze has looked awful since he's come back. But I love their roster, so I'll throw and 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 Breeze could get hot for a couple of weeks and they could win. So those five teams. Oh, but dude, I think Buffalo. I think Buffalo right now. You can make an argument they're the best team in football. I mean, you can make that argument. I don't know that I would, but I, I you can make it. The the bill. Listen, I, I I maybe that's the wrong way of answer, asking the question because clearly they are of the teams in the playoffs that can win the Super Bowl. No one's going to say they're not one of them. But I also feel like Buffalo could be the most overbought team right now. The, there is a level of confidence that a Bills team who has never done anything in the playoffs in a long long time here uh, with a quarterback who's doing it for the first time uh, when it really with with this level of expectation uh, is just going to play great when it matters most and maybe they will but it just it feels a little over the top to me with what's what I mean people are you know Kansas City's been a little bit uh, wonky all season long I really really like Buffalo when I hear that it's like really that is a bold bold take like I, I feel like it's more should be more like I will be stunned if the Bills do it but I'd give them a, a, a fighter shot that's that would make more sense to you me. know man you're in a perfect position to answer or did not answer but like feel what I'm about to say as someone who's a Chiefs fan, I get it because I just think it's boring to be like, yeah, the Chiefs are the best team. And they're probably going to win. Like, it's just boring, right? Like, if you're in the sports media and you go in and you're just like, oh, what's your thought on the playoffs? Well, Kansas City's probably just going to roll. I mean, I not, and but for the record, I think Buffalo could beat Kansas City. I don't think they will. I think the Chiefs play their best game. The Chiefs will win the game. But I think Buffalo is talented enough to do it. But it's it's a lot like, and we talk about it occasionally, your Bulls in the night. And the Bulls, of course, have way more wind in their sails behind them championship-wise than the Chiefs do right now. But my point is, like, I'm sure if you go back, you'll find people who are like, you know, I think the Sonics could beat the 72-win Bulls. And then you start watching the games, you're like, oh, right, no, they can't. Like, it doesn't matter. That's great Peyton and Kemper there. It makes no difference. They're going to get blown out. I mean, I love the comparison. And at the time, I – most definitely was always incredibly confident that the Bulls were going to continue to roll and the Chiefs have won it once so we're not quite there yet right. and 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 look it's also in a seven game series versus one game huge difference let's state the obvious here NBA playoffs NFL playoffs so anything can happen here um, and the Chiefs to what I just said a second ago haven't exactly been 
overly dominant. I just, you know, I, if you want to make a case that Aaron Rodgers, you want to tell me that Aaron Rodgers is playing the best football of his career, Green Bay's on a roll, uh, even without uh, Bakhtiari, their left tackle, I feel like they've got a great chance against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl that Rodgers is, out gonna, is gonna outplay Mahomes. I'm here for it. I, I can hear that all day long. Buffalo, that's just too tall for me right now. But maybe I'm missing the boat on the Bills. I, you know, maybe 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 I am. I, I don't know. Uh, just it's it it feels a little a little bandwagony, Bert Ram. There's a Buffalo Bills bandwagon that I'm trying to slow down right now. Uh, let, let's look at the Ravens and, and the Titans. Um, you know, we got. I, I suppose we got a little. We got a Baltimore team bottom line that's, that's playing their best football of the year coming in here with Tennessee, and Tennessee has had a lot of trouble stopping people. By the way, Derrick Henry, you deserve some MVP votes of going over 2,000 yards. Uh, but you're asking, does the Ravens' motivation matter against the Titans? What are you getting at? Well, my, my point is, so the Ravens have lost twice to the Titans in recent memory, right? They lost the divisional round game famously. And then, and I believe it was early November, maybe mid-November, they, they lost at home in an overtime game. And I've seen I've seen some thought about well you know the Ravens are going to come out motivated and it's like well it's the playoffs is everybody kind of motivated like I don't know like I'm not saying the Ravens won't win but I don't think motivation matters at all in these games I just don't I think it's overrated it's overblown you think this you think the Ravens are lining up on third and two in the middle of a game and going hey they beat us last year not going to take that line down. Let's pull out on this sweep a little harder. Like I, I don't think it matters. Now maybe they focus a touch more or whatever, but it's a playoffs. Like is Tennessee not going to take Baltimore seriously? I, I don't buy that. I've just seen it a lot. I want your take. I've seen that thought, and maybe I'm wrong on that. But that, the, my feeling is that it's overblown. That I, I don't think it matters. I, and I think either team can win. I think it's the biggest coin flip of the weekend. But I, I don't think motivation is going to be why one of these teams wins the game. See, and like for me, I look at it as a bad draw for Baltimore. And like, I, I almost feel like, yeah, maybe there's some false bravado. I'm like, oh, sweet. We get to, you know, get back at Tennessee from last year when, you know, we, we were extremely mad to lose in the playoffs when people thought we were going to win the Super Bowl, or at least could be in the Super Bowl. And then, of course, let's double down on, on the loss this year, too. Um, but I think it's a bad draw. So just the way I think it's a bad draw for Buffalo, like a man, it, it if Buffalo now you, you, it's hard to go about your business this way. And I get the fact that, you know, Sean McDermott and company wanted to finish the year strong, but wouldn't you rather be playing the Miami dolphins? I mean, is that even remotely close? Oh, you definitely rather see the dolphins. Right. So uh, the, the Colts are a punchy team, man. Like I give India, that would not surprise me at all. If Indianapolis plays a great game and beats Buffalo. And the same thing here with, you know, a, uh, and, and people aren't, you know, Baltimore's not in the same category here, but I, I, I don't think for a Ravens team that's playing very well, and it'd be sweet to quote unquote get revenge, but I don't love the matchup for him. You, you can keep, you're going to keep Lamar off the field. Um, and, you know, the Titans, they're, it, 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 they're, they're going to be challenged by Lamar, but they're not going to be as challenged by a guy who can ask to sling it as well, right? I mean, they've proven that they can at least contain him enough. I like the Titans in the game. I, I don't think it's a blowout either way. I'd be surprised. Um, I think Tennessee's a slightly better team. If I'm being honest, I just look, I said a month ago on this podcast, I know we talked about it on Sunday, I thought the Ravens were going to make the playoffs. When they were sitting at six and five, I thought they were going to get in because I thought they were going to just kill everybody that had to play. Because I'll give one thing to Baltimore 
they beat bad teams like nobody else in the league. They just kill them. You know the Baltimore is the best point differential in the league this year? That's an impressive, worthwhile stat to bring up. They destroy teams. But when they play good teams, they don't. When you look at who they've beaten this year, here are the good teams they've beaten. Cleveland, Indianapolis. I'm done. Right. That's who they've beaten. Okay? Now, Cleveland obviously twice, but my point is like Cleveland had a negative point differential, and Indianapolis almost lost to Jacksonville twice to miss the playoffs. Like, there's no win on that docket. You're like, that's a great win. There's no New Orleans. There's no Kansas City who they beat, who they lost to handily earlier in the year. There's no Buffalo. They lost twice to Pittsburgh. I know the one game was a farce with COVID, but like Tennessee has beaten some real teams this year. They hammered the Bills. They also beat Indianapolis. So, like, I I look at it. I don't think it's a huge advantage one way or the other, but I do think Tennessee is a slightly better team. I will say, though, and I've said all year on, their defense scares the hell out of me. I mean, I, you could also make a case to me that Baltimore scores 45 points because Tennessee just never. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. It's off the field. I mean, that also is totally possible. Let's, uh, let's jump to the NFC here, and we're going to start with uh, the Washington football team, which I think I want to give myself credit here, Vertoram. I, I think I have lost the old nickname. I don't even remember what it was. I have moved up very well that when I see WFT on the, on the rundown, Washington football team instantly pops in my head, which was not happening in week three. So I'm proud of myself here moving forward in life. Um, but your question is, can the Washington football team really win, or is this a media hype creation? If look, there is a there is a very good chance that this becomes a low scoring game, and they and they knock Brady around. They need it to be that. I mean, that's right, and that's the only way they're going to win. Uh, right. But their quarterback situation is so wonky that I I I, I don't think they can really win. I don't. I, I think Tampa gets through barely, but I think they get through. Look, I'm not like I'm not one of these people doing a hit job on the media for obvious reasons. Considering hello, we are the media, but I. I think it is a little bit of a media creation. And this happens all the time when you get these teams that are in the playoffs that are kind of like seven and nine, eight and eight ish. And you start hearing that case for why they can win. And it's always one case because it's the only way they can win. And people just repeat it and repeat. And by the time you get to the game, you're like, oh, you know what? I'll tell you this Washington, they get a pass right. It's like, yeah, I think Tampa also is aware of that. Like, that's the only way Washington's going to win this game. I don't think it's a murder scene. I don't think they win by 30, but I think Tampa's going to win. I, to me, if the Bucks lose this game, it's because they totally, totally crapped the bed, which, by the way, and I don't, I don't mean to bring politics into this, but it's just it's hilarious. I just saw it come across, and we're talking about a Washington team, so it fits. Um, uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday afternoon, and as we're doing this, Trump is having a, a rally in D.C., and he just called, the, <laughs> he just called voting – explosions of bullshit and so I, but by what the way, expo- if i'm what charming call- what what did he call explosions of bullshit the the, the voting fraud going on oh, voting voting okay, and, and so my a my point is Charmin should be 
the uh, immediately trademarking that and, and, and getting ahead. Okay, that should be their, their slogan for the next 100 years. But B, like, that's the only way I see Tampa losing this game is explosions of bullshit happening. Like, muff kicks, a, a, you know, like two missed field goals, like stuff like that. I think that's what it would take. That's how you see Washington winning the game. I think you said sorry, Tampa. Yes, that's how I see Washington. It's the only way I see Tampa yeah. losing the game. Yeah, okay. And that's right. Brady has an awful game. Couple of pick sixes. Probably takes two. One, I, one, one doesn't feel like enough. And he very well could do it. But they have been playing, at least their offense has been rolling as of late. But again, how much can you deduct because they're playing Atlanta, they're playing Detroit last three weeks of the season. And this yep. this this defense is legit. So it's a it's a major it's a major Tampa, uh yeah. Tampa's the NFC's version of Baltimore. They they did not play great throughout a lot of the year. They beat up on a lot of bad teams late. How real are they? That's the question. Now I buy more Tampa stock in the sense that I just I and I know he's 43. I trust the quarterback way more. He's won six Super Bowls. Jackson's never won a playoff game. Doesn't mean he can't, but show it to me. Like Brady's got a fistful of rings and then some. Jackson has won an MVP, which is great. He's well deserved. But like I, I believe more in the Bucks, who also, by the way, are built to throw the ball a lot more in Baltimore. As I just think to tell you, win in twenty twenty. It is time for us to get rich. Hang tight. We'll be right with you. It's stacking the box. Yeah. Let Let's move on to the Rams and Jared Goff and. They are not saying uh, who's going to go here. Will we get Goff or will it be John Walford? Uh, hey, I mean, you beat Arizona with Walford to get in. It wasn't exactly uh, because of the quarterback, but you won the football game. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I have no sense of what the Rams are going to do here. I, I would think it's a pretty tall task to ask him to come back from a broken thumb and be ready to go here that quickly, but maybe he can be effective. You're, you're basically the way you're writing the question here is that if the Rams start Jared Goff, do you believe he can win? I think so. You're counting them out with Walford, period, correct? Am yeah, I hearing that right? No shot. They're not winning that game with John Walford. Right. Well, because they're not getting like Stetler or whatever his name was with the Cardinals, they're getting Russell Wilson. That's true, but there is, you know, the Seahawks offense has been weird in that it's, and I, and I like Seattle a lot here, but that, that offense has been held down. It's not been great uh, the last couple of months. You're right. Yeah. So. And the Rams have a good defense. So can you make it a grimy, dirty, right. do enough? 14. I, I wouldn't, you know, and what's the spread on that one now? It's, it's three, and three, a half. I mean, three and a half. I mean, so even with their quarterbacks each situation, even with Seattle being at home, they're basically calling it a pick em game. I, I Close to it, at least. I, I, I got to be honest. That line of all of them surprises me the most this weekend. Like, if Goff was there, I think that line's correct. Now, maybe Vegas thinks Goff will be there. Maybe that's the whole point. My concern is Goff's got a broken thumb. It's on his throwing hand. Right. Like, that's a <laughs> that's a problem. Like, you got to be able to grip the ball. You can't have a big cast on it. Like, you know, year, years ago, back when you were in your early 30s, uh, <laughs> I, I joke on. But no, and no that's, that would be years ago, Vertoram, like it, 16 years ago. Yeah, it was way before that. Uh, in, 19, in 1990, the Chiefs, Steve DeBerg played with a with a broken, busted pinky, and he had his whole left hand cast. But he was throwing with his right hand. Like I am so here for a Steve DeBerg reference. You have no idea. Believe how me, much my I father right my now day. listening to this is thrilled to death. Steve DeBerg's like his, his hero for all time because of his 17 talk. DeBerg. Am I right yep, about that number? Number 17. All right. And he played 
with like a pin in his pinky and his hands was all busted up, but it was his left hand. So he could at least throw normally with right. I just don't know how Goff's going to go in there and play with a broken th- – if he doesn't give him a lot of credit. I just do not believe he can. And I think if they play him, I think it ends with, with them needing to bring Walford in the game. Because you need – ultimately, you need somebody to play. I'll be blunt. I'm shocked who Bortles, who was on the team there for a while, who's been on the team. Like, I, why not play Bortles? Not Look, he's not good, but my God, he's, he's not John Walford. Like, at least he's been in playoff games. He's won them. Yeah, no, I, I listen. If he's up to speed on the offense and golf can't go, and you want to roll out Blake Bortles, I, I'm with you. It, it's not sexy. It's, it's not You're, ideal, but it's it's better than the alternative, in my opinion. It's like it's like showing up on a road trip, like my 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 new uh, whatever my 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 new for uh, my new Range Rover is is, is gone. I know that's a little bit tall for golf, but I my new sweet Range Rover come. But here is a solid. Honda Civic with 150,000 miles. Don't worry. It'll get you across the country. Roll with the Civic. I don't even, that might be giving Borles too much credit with a, you know, the Civic's a pretty reliable car. Maybe How dare actually, you? I had a Honda Civic for years. I know that. So, so maybe I got it. Okay, fine. I take it back. Here is a it, Ford. Mazda Miata. Yeah, here's a, right. Here's a, yeah, that's it. But that's like too sexy. Here's a Ford Focus. 125,000. <laughs> it's probably going to make it. Go with the Ford Focus. Blake Bortles is a Ford Focus. Roll, but sometimes the Focus can get it done. Uh, speaking of a Ford Focus, let's go to Mitchell Trubisky and the Chicago Bears. He's more like a Chevy Cobalt because the engine block might fall out at a red light. <laughs> he might be like the Dodge Aries from the 80s, if anybody gets that message. De- I mean, that's that was my first high school maybe, car. Maybe just a Pinto with like the Flint bumper. So if you have a fender bender, it basically just goes up like a Tinder box. That's him. That's him. Yeah. Just, you know, absolute straight, brutal, might start, might not start. And even if it does start, uh, you have no idea what you're going to get. Uh, what do the Bears need to do for an upset? I'm trying to be optimistic, but I'm losing my optimism by the moment here, Verderam. Oh, no. This Well, the Saints defense from – and I wasn't holding this uh, – at the start of the week, but in doing my Saints dive now, the Saints defense is so much better now than it was when the Bears met him for the first time. So now you're you're lining up basically an elite defense against a bad quarterback, against Drew Brees and 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 Alvin Kamara's getting the ten days. You know he's going to be on the field, and Michael Thomas is coming back. And Vegas thinks this game is a blowout, and they keep on betting it up. It started at nine, now it's at ten, and the public is normally wrong, but I. Today. What do the Bears need to do for an upset? The Bears defense needs to look like 2018. That's not happening. And the other side of it is let you got to let Mitchell Trubisky play the game, man. Nickel and diming, dink, dunk, all that type of stuff ain't going to work. You, it just you're you're not you're not going to be able to eke out um, a win doing nothing on offense. It won't work. It'll look a whole lot like it looked against Green Bay, in my opinion. What do you think? I think if if the if the Bears are going to win this game. And we'll get to guess the lines later, so I won't say how I feel totally yet. If the Bears are going to win this game, they've got to let Trubisky just throw the ball. I, I get it. Right. I get it. You and I've talked about this. I know we agree. I understand the hesitancy because he's not been good. I, I understand Nagy's thought process, which is probably, listen, if I let this guy throw the ball 30 to 35 times, he's going to get us killed. If the ball goes anywhere down the field, and he's got to throw it into a window, 
we're going to turn the ball over. It's going to be the end of the game. And I get all that. And maybe early you try to win with short passes in Montgomery and you see if you can just somehow get ahead and stay ahead by doing that. I understand all that. But at some juncture, unless I am totally shocked by this game, you're going to have to throw. And the problem with playing that way early is if it doesn't work and you fall behind 13-3 and now you've got to throw. And now you've got Trey Hendrickson and Cam Jordan, who are two of the best defensive ends in the league, ripping around the edges of a Bears offensive line that, while better, is not great. That and then you got a problem. Then you've got a big problem. Whereas if you come out throwing, maybe you catch them a little bit off guard. I just think, listen, you're not winning the Super Bowl, probably in all likelihood anyway. But you're not even going to win a playoff game if you don't just let him throw the football and take your chances. If you lose, fine. Nobody thinks you're going to win anyway. Take a chance. Saints have 26 uh, interceptions, by the way, on the year as well. Uh, <laughs> so they're, I think they're third uh, in that category, which obviously is not good. I'll give you, a, I'll give you a, as we wrap up the Bears here, Vertoram, uh, Mitchell Trubisky did surpass 1,000 completions in the Bears' loss to Green Bay. Huge. He's the third Bears quarterback to – have a thousand career completions oh my god would you like to gander a guess on who the 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 other two are all right i pride myself on knowing all things nfl so i even though he played a million years going probably through five passes against sid lockman not in there shockingly not in in there okay i mean it's not totally shocking just considering all right well cutler's got to be one that's correct okay very good now the other, do you want to hint on the other one? No, let me think for a second. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming McMahon no because he just didn't play long enough. He got banged up all the time. You're right. Uh, Eric Kramer. You know how many Kramer is not it, but I'm wondering how many Eric Kramer couldn't be far from it. I'm going to look up uh, his so, numbers. I mean, I'm not going to bore the masses. I'll take a couple more stabs here. Billy Wade. More recent. More we okay? Jesus. All right. Uh, it's not Orton or Grossman, right? Nope. Avellini? Evans? No, nah, no, those Tomzak? No. More recent. Harbaugh? Correct. Good. Oh God, did he really? Jimmy Harbaugh, man. By the way, I just want to, I want to humble, not even humble. I want to just brag about the fact that I even know Bob Avellini exists. Dude, that was <laughs> like, I, I don't know how much people appreciated that as much as I appreciated it, but the fact that you're able to slob through the Bears history at quarterback is impressive. Bob Avellini um, started the 77 playoff game, Bob, which is an, an insane comment that you just made there. Walter Payton had an incredible year in 77. Bob the best Avellini single year ever by an offense. I will argue for He had nobody and dragged that team to the playoffs. Right. Bob Avellini had some great songs when I was growing up that I won't sing right now that had things to do with. Uh, yeah. And um, he had songs. Well, it was like Bob Avellini had a ten, has a 10-foot uh, Donna, and he showed it to the girl next door, that type of stuff. Uh, I mean, it's a podcast. We can get away with this, right? But, I mean, it, it was the Bears' office with Bob Avellini, Peyton left, Peyton right, Peyton up the middle, punt. Peyton left, Peyton right, Peyton up the – that was what it was. Um, but And you know who Bob Avellini is. Yeah. And then nobody knows who the Bears' quarterback was then. And then there was the big debate at the time. Should, should, they, play, should they play Vince Evans? Yes, Play Vince Evans. Who played forever, <laughs> it, by the way. It, it, Vince Evans it, was in the league for like 20 years. 
man of God, Vince Evans, and he and uh, and, and a fine, fine human being. All right, let's move on. I think we we're, we're killing. We lost the audience. That's okay. Well, maybe they loved some old school bears. All right, uh, let's uh, let's go into the future. Bold prediction for Wild Card Weekend. Where are you going here? So, I've got I've got many thoughts, but I, I narrowed it down. I think the Colts have a real shot to win on Saturday, like mm-hmm. a real shot. Um, I. <laughs> I, I am going to stop just shy of picking Indianapolis. I think Indianapolis is going to lead here. Here's my bold prediction because it's got to be bold. The Colts will lead the Bills with five minutes left to go in regulation. That qualifies bold. It's not all the way bold, but it's 95% bold. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll allow that boldness. I, I, I just look, Indy can really run the ball. The Bills defense is terrible at stopping the. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. And you cannot run on Indy. Now, I don't know that that matters a ton because Allen's, I'm sure, going to be dropping back and winging it. So I, I don't care all that much. That their run defense is great, although maybe in short yardage that matters. You can get off the field a little bit. Um, but I, I do think it matters that the Colts are really, really effective at running the football. I think it's a game where if they can stay close, all of a sudden you start looking at it and going, all right, Rivers makes a play here, play there. as a tip ball, one mistake. And here's the other thing that I actually think helps Indianapolis even though Buffalo is more of the passing team. The weather is supposed to be 31 and sunny in Cleveland with no wind. Or in Buffalo, rather. I'm sorry, Buffalo. I think that's great if you're the Colts who are a dome team who are not used to playing in elements. I mean, their division has Jacksonville in it, another dome team in Houston, and, and Tennessee. Like They're not used to having to go play in those conditions. If I'm a Bills fan, I wanted it five degrees out. It's, it's not going to be – I mean, it's cold, but it's not brutal. I actually think that helps the, uh, the Colts quite a bit. I would agree, and I, I think that game is – it would not surprise me at all if Indy won. I, I think we I said that earlier. Now I'm saying it again. Thank you for listening this long. Uh, my bold prediction is that the, along your same lines, the Cleveland Browns will have a lead on the Steelers in the fourth quarter on Sunday night. There will be a buzz in Cleveland, like, oh, my God, are we going to win a playoff game? Um, Miles Garrett is going to eat Ben Roethlisberger, and he's going to stare down Mason Rudolph, even though they're now friends, apparently, after last week, which was very nice to see. Good to see uh, people moving forward in life. But uh, the Steelers have been wonky for a long, long time right now. Uh, Maybe Kevin Stefanski has some level of – technological wizard wizardry that he's able to impact the game from wherever he's going to be watching it. I, I think Cleveland uh, is very much in this football game and okay. they'll they're big day, big day for Nick Chubb and Baker just don't, don't completely be a disaster. You like think they that. win? Uh, I'm not going to pick them to win, but I, I mean, I think it's a field goal game all day long. Okay. And I think so let's go brownies uh, and then and Cleveland I, I get it you you haven't exactly been world beaters this year but you, but they won 11 football games they belong yes. in the playoffs yes. it wasn't a back end don't give me that I don't care if Mason Rudolph played this week so my I, I'll go with the Browns uh best coaching job available Matt Verram who do you got 
I think it's the Chargers. I was going to say Houston, and then Houston hired Nick Casario, and we're going to get to that a little bit later. But I think the Chargers are the, the pick. They've got the young stud quarterback in Herbert. That roster's not bad around him. They have real guys on that team. It needs some help, but it's not bad. So I look at the Chargers, man, and, and ownership is patient. Like Anthony Lynn was there four years. Mike McCoy, who was awful, was there for three. And you get the rarest combination I can think of. You get the, the great city to live in, the big city, and no pressure because nobody cares about the Chargers. I think it's a great spot to be in. And, I mean, if you, you know, look, Chargers won their last four, finished seven and nine. Right. But you had an you had an overtime loss to the Chiefs where you were right there. You should have beaten Carolina. You could have beaten Tampa Bay. You had New Orleans beat two, lost in overtime. I mean, you had some disgusting losses. You had a one-point loss to Denver. I would think a coach would look at this opportunity and think, you know what, and, and Herbert's going to be one year better. This team is poised to uh, make, a, make a decent leap. It feels off to uh, say Jacksonville just because it's Jacksonville and the organization and what have they done. You could make that but argument. But, but walking into Trevor Lawrence, I'd be super excited about it. Two, like, two first-round picks, one of them will be Lawrence. Right. I mean, you're, cap you're, space you're – And no pressure. Right. Like, no one cares uh, if, you, if, that's, if you want to make that a, a factor in it. So they, they're equal with the Chargers on that. And you're getting a clean slate with a guy who – I think everyone is competent and is going to be a stud. So I, I like, and I mean, so Houston's gone, but Houston, I wouldn't put him there because you, you've got, I mean, you got to rework a roster over there pretty aggressively. So not that you don't have to do that in Jacksonville and LA too, but I, I, I don't know. I a fresh start with a, with a, a quarterback on year one, right? You've already paid, you've already paid Watson. So it's, it's going to be more challenging. All right, let, sure. let's move along. Um, if you were the TV networks, by the way, uh, which number one seed would you put on Saturday night? So we're we're uh, we're dreaming it big with with Green Bay and Kansas City, and you're the networks. Go ahead. What do you got? I just tossed out because I think it'd be fun. I, I was thinking about this, like you know, the, that's the big spot. Usually, it's NBC game. I think I'd put the Packers on. I think I'd put them on. You know, Rodgers has had this resurgence, and I think they're probably going to get Brady. Well, right. So I would put them on in Saturday night. I put the Chiefs on early Sunday in that that noon slot Central Time. Um, I like the three o'clock slot better. Um, fair enough. But I, I think I think that's how I'd go. Plus, Green Bay could play a West Coast team, and so you don't want to have them playing early. They'd have to play that late Sunday game, which again they could. Um, I like I like the I like the Saturday night game to go to the Packers. I, I would be surprised if it's Kansas City. It's it's one thousand percent Green Bay if, if it's if it's Baltimore. Now if the if if Washington beats them, or you mean if it's Tampa? <laughs> if it's Tampa, I'm sorry. What did I say? Whatever Baltimore. I just said. You said Baltimore. I don't. What, where did that come from? Oh, I, no. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking at the AFC's four and five, the Titans and the Ravens. Yeah, if it's Tampa, it's a one hundred percent. If they play Washington, I think then you go with uh, Mahomes and KC against whoever it is. I think that's probably how they're looking at it, but. Let's just say, for argument's sake, it's Baltimore versus KC. That's a sweet game, you know. I, I it is. I, it's a that's a fun matchup right there. But I still, I it's got to be Green Bay right now. And Aaron Rodgers is out of his freaking mind at thirty-seven. He's, you know what, you know what, Rodgers is turning into a little bit of LeBron. Like, how long is this guy going to keep doing it? What is it, year seventeen for LeBron? You're 
you're 37 years old, Aaron Rodgers, and you'd look like, I don't know, not impacted physically and smarter than you've ever have been. He doesn't look anywhere near retirement if he wants to keep doing this. Nope. So, all right. Do we think that Doug Peterson can re- regain control of the Eagles locker room? Uh, I think you're putting this on here because you think he's done. I mean, I think they're going to keep him as the head coach, but I'll tell you right now, man, I think he's sunk. I think he's sunk. You have so many guys putting so much into that game. And, and look, we don't have to go deep into this. I feel like we covered this Sunday. We, we heard all week. Eagles players have spoken out about the fact that they were unhappy. In fact, there was one report that a couple of players went after him on the sideline. They had to be restrained. Um, I I don't think you you ever get the locker room back. Like, you know, and I, again, a little bit up your alley with the Jordan stuff, but I was thinking actually about comparisons. And I thought about Jordan's second year. If you watch that documentary, The Last Dance, when when – you know, the, the Bulls basically were limiting his minutes after he came back from a broken foot, and they, they yanked him in that game against Indiana. And he was like, yeah, I just never trusted Krause again after that, ever. Like, that just infuriated me to no end. And I think there's going to be a lot of guys in the Eagles who, you know, obviously, look, it's a different situation, but you're like, hey, man, like, we're out here bruised and broken and trying to finish the season on a high note, and we're on national television, and you don't care if we win. And how are we supposed to respect that? Like it's a, it's a, you know people don't realize or maybe they do they just don't think about it but like pro sports that's an alpha game that is an alpha like you take the guy you knew in high school or college that was the biggest alpha you knew and then take that guy and multiply him by thirty because that's what these guys in the in the NFL are in the NBA are they it's they are the alpha of alphas and to be frankly just put in a box like that by their own head coach so they could purposely lose a game, that's not going to sit well. I do not think that feeling's going away come summertime. It, it isn't. I, I agree with you. And I would throw in that nowadays more than ever, we got short memories, man. And, the, and these guys are going to want to compete next year, play for contracts, play for the team, all of it. And maybe there'll be a lot of comments in the locker room for the first six weeks. Maybe he's going to put back in Sudfeld again. You know, that, you know, that, that, that might get screamed or or whispered around in, in, in tight corners, assuming Sudfeld's uh, back with the Eagles, which I, who the hell knows if that'll be, but uh, I I don't think it has a, I don't think it has a huge impact going forward. I, but I, but as to whether he's got, respect in the locker room probably not probably not that's it was it's just a stupid thing to do by the way like what what was the you, you're probably not winning the game anyway and like why would you right. put yourself in that position it, it's just so short-sighted like by a yeah. guy who played in the league he was a coach or a quarterback excuse me i'm sorry he's a quarterback he's back of quarterback in green bay like how do you not understand the ramifications of that when you're thinking about making that type of decision? The, the, it, also, it also feels like that could have come from upper management. Hey. Man. It could have. Uh, it could have. I mean, but you're the coach. So, right. And you, if I'm right. Peterson, I'm like, you know what, man? Fire me. I'm not doing that. But that's just me. Does Doug Peterson get another job? Another yes, head coaching you want a job Super Bowl. If, get one in two seconds. 
Okay. Okay. Yes. Fair enough. Let's let's make some money here. Place your bets. We got all game all the games on the slate here. Buffalo, a six and a half point favorite over Indianapolis. I think we're both taking the Colts on this one, judging by what's been said so far on yeah, the podcast. Yeah, I was gonna say we can rip through them a little bit since we've talked so much about these games. I will take the Colts to cover. I think they will cover. I do not think they'll win. I think I'm like 23-20 feels right, or maybe it, you know, 27-24, somewhere in that range. All right, let's do it that way. Here, we'll do all the games. Um, Vertoram, here, I'll, I'll just lay them out, and you can do your you do them in order. So you got we got Buffalo. Seattle is given three and a half at this time to the Rams. Tampa Bay is an eight and a half point favorite over Washington. Baltimore, a three point favorite over Tennessee. Saints are up to a 10 point favorite over the Bears. And Pittsburgh is a six point favorite over Cleveland. Go ahead. All right, I'm usually, which is why I'm, I'm bad at gambling, but I – Usually think that the favorite is going to cover in most instances. If that, if I am going to take a game, uh, I like I just said, I think Indy covers. I do think okay. Seattle will will cover the three and a half. I think Seattle wins that game by ten points. I do not think the Rams are going to be able to move the ball offensively, and Seattle's defense has been really good the last half of the year. Um, with with Tampa and Washington, it's a big number. But I don't think Washington can score any garbage time points because their offense is just terrible. So I'll take Tampa to win by like 10 and cover that. But on Sunday, I think that not only did the Titans cover it, I think they win. I think they win by a field goal. Um, but again, I've said it all week. That to me is a game I have the least confidence in. But I'll take the Titans to cover and win. Uh, Bears uh, at plus 10. I, I'm, I think the Bears are going to cover that game. I do. That's a lot of points, man. And like everybody who's like, oh, the same Breeze has not looked any better than Trubisky the last month of the season. Like, I got, I think the Saints are better. I think they win. I do not think they're winning by 10 plus points. And then Steelers, Browns, you and I are at odds here. I think the Steelers are going to win going away. So I have three favorites and three underdogs. All right, let me let me roll here. I will take the Colts to cover. I think Indy is a great chance to win the game, and we're and Buffalo's uh, wide receiving situation is 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 confronting. Seattle, I I think the Seahawks roll over the Rams. If whether Goff plays or not, Seattle, I've been rocking with you all season long. You are going to play big for me in the playoffs, Seattle, and I'm you're going to make it to the at least to the NFC Championship game. I like Washington to cover the eight and a half. I think they're going to get to Brady, and I think it's going to be a tight game, three point winner, uh, probably for the Bucks. I've got. Um, I've got Tennessee over over Baltimore. Somehow the Ravens defense steps up just enough, and Derrick Henry has a huge day and gets even more, at least in the conversation in the media, just for uh, fun about whether or not you should give a running back the MVP award because he would rush, rush for 2,000 yards in 2020, and now is doing it in the playoffs. I had the Bears earlier in the week. Now I've got the Saints. I think they roll. Um, I don't like the injury around the Bears right now, and 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 maybe I'm just getting sucked into all the negativity in Chicago, and I'm too too much into it. But I, I t- I'll take the Saints to blow them out and uh, have a real send the Bears into a very confronting offseason. And I'm taking Cleveland. Uh, I think the Browns have a great chance to win it. Pittsburgh has been uh, the the most non inspirational team down the stretch, and Cleveland, you seize the moment, man. Let's go. Um, don't just be so happy about getting in. Uh, actually, lean in there and and um, and and make the Steelers pay for going with Mason Rudolph in the last week of the season. All right, in or out, Verderama. The Texans just made a huge mistake with Nick Casario. You think so, really? Yeah, I do. Um, okay, tell me why. Because it leads from Jack Easterby, who's clearly wielding all the power now. Like you just went from Bill O'Brien somehow running that entire building 
to Jack Easterby, who like five years ago was the Pats chaplain. And Belichick was asked about him like a month ago. It's like, yeah, he's not a football guy. Like, he was just in our building. He was a chaplain. He did some stuff. And they brought in a search, for, for, uh, search firm to find GM candidates, paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. Casario wasn't even on the list. And they were just like, ah, oh, that's it. Hey, he's the guy. That concerns me. Like any time, like why is Jack Easterby making these decisions? Like why are the McNairs not making that decision? That is fair. very concerning fair. to me. And you could just see it coming. Like, you know, does Josh McDaniels come in now next? Like, is that... Progressive presents today's to-do list for your cat. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get food. Walk away from food. Move to couch. See human. Give cold shoulder. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Your pet has a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Move to couch. Aggressively clean myself. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get coverage for your pets with anti-auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with a purchase of collision coverage subject to policy terms it's just anytime these teams try to like recreate an organization elsewhere i I think it's a horrible idea it just is be who you are i get that and look until you are an organization that has earned the respect of knowing what you're doing you're always going to be questioned yes um but you know this is a guy that's been in a you know he's he has been hanging out in a winning organization for a long long time so i'm not huge mistakes seem strong so i'll be out any decisions well, that's okay. We I mean, all know who's making every single decision in that building, and it ain't Nick Casario. Yahoo Sports. Casario is instrumental in New England's run of Super Bowls as a longtime executive, trusted ally of Bill Belichick. Yeah, you don't buy it? Yeah. So is Scott Pioli. Wow. I said that, isn't Pioli your guy? I thought you had some level of relation with a Scott Pioli who I couldn't – It was he was tough in Kansas City. He was brutal. <laughs> brutal. No coincidence. The second they booted his ass and brought in Dorsey and Reed, they've gone to the playoffs every year but once since. It, 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 every was, year. it was so painful. Scott Pioli, smartest guy in the room. It was Do you remember torture. the candy wrapper, wrapper story? Oh, That's yeah, infamous. I remember. The, the great the Ken Babb wrote that story. The, the, they found a hundred grand in the stairwell, whatever the hell it was. Uh, I, rem- I remember. He purposely Ken- left a candy wrapper to see how long somebody would take to pick it up and then just went Oh, that's what, right, 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 right. I mean, that's what he was worried about. The old they're micro. Two, they're winning two effing games, and he's worried about who's picking up a candy wrapper because well, that's a Patriot way. Yeah, that went great. Enjoy Nick Casario. Have fun. I, I saw Kent Babb uh, on Twitter the other day. He was making me laugh. Babb, that was my Kent. He, he had a good run there. All right. Yeah. Uh, the Giants should be looking at drafting a quarterback in or out. I'll, I'll answer that one real fast. You always should be interested in drafting a quarterback at some point in your draft, and you should especially be interested if you're the Giants. Are you saying in the first round? I am saying in the first round. Okay, well, that's more aggressive. I would probably say I'd, I'd, I'd lean, I'd lean. Say it depends it. who's available. It depends who's available. I wouldn't try. I wouldn't try pay up a ton to trade up to do it. Let's say that. Okay, so that's fair enough. Look, I bring this up because I've seen people talk about this on and off. What should happen? What should be done? Listen, the Giants draft eleventh. They're, they're they're slated to draft eleventh. I would not take a quarterback. I don't know that Daniel Jones is good, but. I think if you're the Giants, you got to hit a can't miss guy. And we all know what happens with quarterbacks. They always get moved up the board because everybody's so panicky that they got to get their quarterback. The guy, I mean, that's what happened with Dwayne Haskins, right? Like everybody freaks out that they got to get their guy. I think if you're the Giants, I, I think you go elsewhere and you 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 take I don't want to say I shouldn't say can't miss because there's no such thing, but you you take a player who's really, really highly rated 
and you move on and you take Jones for one more year and you see how it goes. You got to come on, Daniel. One time, buddy, be, be the answer. You got to, you got a salad, you know, drink milk, color within the lines personality. I'm rooting for you. Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers will retire after the season in or out. Interesting. I, 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 I'm going to be out. I think Rivers definitely keeps going. I am out for the same reason, although you hear that Rivers is getting these big TV offers. So maybe he and his nine kids and his wife finally just decide to call it quits. Or maybe he looks at home and he says, I got nine kids. I got to keep playing. <laughs> I, I, I can never go home. I will, I will play till they kick me out. Um, Breeze, I think this is it. This is it. Bears have a chance to put him in the rocking chair, Carm. Could do yeah. it. Yeah, I bet they, they do. They do. I, I'm not betting on it. But, but I, think, uh, I think Rivers, either in India or elsewhere, will play another year. I, I think he's got one year left in him. Make him rip the jersey off. You always, my advice, you don't get to do, you can always go to the TV booth. That's Correct. not going anywhere. Uh, yep. Yep. Justin Herbert, I mean, depending, assuming that you uh, can, your body can handle it. Justin Herbert should call the cops if the LA Chargers hire Jason Garrett, which is out there and Twitter's having a, and everywhere in social media is having a lot of fun with that one. He's okay. I don't know about calling the cops. I, I, I should file a police report immediately. Oh, <laughs> Okay. He, look, uh, if Dallas could have J- uh, J- uh, Jason Garrett back right now, do they take him back? Uh, I think, I think they do. For option C. Yeah, but okay. That's I'm just if, yeah, Garrett. Between him and McCarthy, yes. Yeah. They take because him McCarthy, back. McCarthy, <laughs> <laughs> they, they yes. So, all right, let, let's wrap up here. Anything exciting? You're still loving the Knicks? Still the Knicks. They won again after we did the pod. They won on Monday. They went to Atlanta. We're down 15 points in the third quarter and won the game. And let me tell you right now, Emmanuel quickly, my hero. They drafted this kid 25th overall out of Kentucky. He's a point guard that I think soaking wet weighs 80 pounds. And yet shoots the lights out. Great D, really smart, drawn fouls. They look, they get the jazz at the garden tonight. And then they get the, the thunder who might actually be less talented than them on Friday. I'm all in on the Knicks. I'm all, I am I know that they're probably going to fall apart at some point, but I'm loving it in the meantime. I'll stick with the NBA to wrap it up here. The Chicago Bulls came back from 20 points down last night to beat the Portland Trailblazers. I was asleep, I'll admit it, but uh, I woke up to Twitter going absolutely bonanza today that from the guys who cover the team to Bulls fans to a text chain that I'm on, I mean, people are acting like the Bulls are like, I don't know, advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals at bare minimum here with this win over Portland. What's so congratulations. <laughs> What's that? What's their record? They're, I think they're 500 now. Hold on a second. Let me pull it up there. They, they have uh, Billy Donovan early, early going here. I, I, the guy shows that he can coach man, uh, straight, straight. Uh, I I mean, they were, they, they were, they're four and four. They were, uh, yeah, they were straight brutal to start the season. And now they, you know, they've, they're, they're winning on the road. They've won their last two. They're, 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 they're they're, they, they're not being coached by Jim Boylan. Verram, I'm looking forward to talking Sunday night. It's going to be awesome. Everybody enjoy the wild card weekend. Thank you so much uh, for listening to Stack in the Box. We always appreciate it when you leave a review. We do our best to hook you up with some Stack in the Box or any other gear that we can hook you up with from Fan Sided. Everybody enjoy their football this weekend. Best weekend of the year, baby. Maybe the second best weekend. I don't know. Maybe the next one's coming up here. Or now we've got, we got an extra weekend. Never mind. I'll have this debate with myself uh, going. Say bye, Verram, for us. All right. Hey, enjoy Wild Card Weekend. We'll talk to you on Sunday night. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. 
Jamie's log. Progressive. The Harrington's backyard. Day 27. 3.33 a.m. 3.33. All those threes mean something. Or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's backyard for 27 days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 3.33. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.